Hello and welcome to the Passion Business Podcast. The podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. Today my guest is Berenike or Dr. Berry, who lived a successful corporate career as an attorney in Germany to follow the love of her life to the United States and start her own business. Enjoy today's episode. And as always, if you like it, don't forget to subscribe. And if you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, I'd really appreciate that. Thank you. Hello and welcome, Berenike. It's lovely to hear, to have you here. And I'm so proud that I managed to pronounce your name. So yeah, I had to, had to mention that. So welcome. We were having a discussion before this started about names and how to pronounce them and the whole difficulty of having a name that works in your country of origin, but not elsewhere. So yeah. that's where the insight joke came from. <laughs> yeah, and we are both German. So yeah, why don't you tell people? Yeah, I've already given away where you're from, but uh, not where you're now and what you're doing now. Right. So I live uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. now. And I help people find work they love, step more into their leadership, connect with their passion and purpose, and basically just create a life that they really love. So that's what I do now. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Just right up my alley. But <laughs> I would, my guess would be you didn't um, get to the end of school thinking that's what you want to do. No, not exactly. No. <laughs> so how did you get to where you're now yeah it is um it is a long story so my background is in law and i went all the way you know till the end where i was qualified for judicial office and i worked in a big law firm on high stakes international cases and got a phd in law and at some point I just realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do. And I had known that before, but I just had been able to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point I couldn't ignore it anymore. And that was also when I met the person who's now my husband and he's, um, he's American. And so we had two situations, one where, you know, like in the U S it's just so important to, have job security and good health care. And since he's since he has a really super stable job, he didn't want to leave. And so it became a question of, okay, so who's going to move? Yeah. And eventually I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then I noticed, you know, like there's so much I would have to do to get set up as a lawyer here. Yeah. And to go through all that effort for something I don't want to do <laughs> in the first place just didn't seem like a good um, use of my energy. So that's when I decided um, I'm going to do my own thing. And that's more or less how I got here. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's a longer story as it always is, but those yeah. are some like main points. Yeah. So how did you, how did you then, like from knowing what you don't want, mm -hmm. how did you figure out what you do want? Yeah, that's actually a really good story. It's a question, not story. Um, 
I think it was a process of trial and error mm. and of getting clear about what lights me up and what doesn't. And I think it's also moving target and always evolving. So, you know, something that I was really into two years ago mm. may not feel quite the same way today. So if it's sort of like the finding some level of consistency while also being in the process of, well, what's emerging now? You know, what's, what's calling my attention now? What conversation do I want to engage in now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the, like transferable, you know, how some, some professions are really difficult to, to, you know, mm-hmm. you have to basically start from zero if you, if you move to, to a different country. Yeah, and what I find so interesting is that a lot of the skills I learned as a lawyer, I'm actually still using. Yes. You know, like sometimes I work with people who are in really high stress situations and I'm like, hey, I can relate. <laughs> so um, I think there's a way where they can perhaps trust that more than if I hadn't been in situations like that. Or sometimes I talk to people who are engaging with lawyers in some sense. And I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of nervousness around even hiring a lawyer on your site. Mm. And so, you know, then I can talk to my client and tell them, look, this is probably what your lawyer's thinking right now. And no, you don't have to be nervous. And I can assure you, you're probably not their like most disorganized client. So it's all, it's all good. <laughs> you know, there are also just people. So <laughs> you don't have to be afraid. And, um, yeah, so I, I think there's actually quite quite a bit of that you can take from a previous life into your current incarnation, so to speak. Yeah, for, sure. for people who make a make a huge shift. Yeah, I guess that's helpful to remember because there is always that, especially when people shift after quite some time in a particular mm-hmm. career. There's this all I'd loved because I you know I get these reactions all the time and say what what you just left your job and moved to a different country and there was just like i'd love to but i've been yeah. doing this for so long and the thought of throwing everything away that they've done until then and i really love how you point out that no you're not actually throwing anything away yeah, I mean, I, I think we kind of shape our personality in part through our experiences. So for me, before I started law school, I think I was in some ways pretty disorganized in my thinking. And I think it helped me become much more logical and structured. And that's something that's never going to leave me just because it was such a deep process. And similarly, I think if you've had certain experience, you'll always have what you get out of those experiences. Like for me, knowing that I can deal with this super high stress situation of, you know, like working on a multi-billion dollar case or whatever, I know I can, you know, like I, I have that confidence that's coming from that experience. And I think whatever one has in the background, there are always some jewels, you know, we can, you can take, take with us from that. So. Yeah. What, what, why do you think that is that there seem to be so many people who 
aren't prepared to conform with the you know default future at some point there is like that moment that you've come through and and well, you know, where's like mm, this is what i really want yeah so i think part of it is really a developmental process where i think now in many places in the world we're at a stage where it's okay to wonder about questions of meaning hmm. versus you know like a hundred years ago it was really more about material stuff perhaps you know like making sure everybody's taken care of and so on and so forth so i think part of it is um reach like like, like the country as a whole reaching a certain stage of i guess like wealth mm. where suddenly the material gets less important and questions of meaning and fulfillment become more important. And of course you need to kind of like have your basic needs met often before you're going to start to wonder about, well, what's my purpose in life? You know, yeah. if it's more like, well, how can I feed my children? <laughs> that may not be the first question to, to consider, like if, if, if you're happy at, at work. So, so I think that's definitely part of it. Um, so, so I think it's, it's really a collective shift. And I also think in the past, there was, things were pretty rigid in many ways. Mm. And as that structure gets sort of like shaken up, it's more okay to be different than it used to be. And I think we're all different. I think like, honestly, like we're all weirdos, if we're being really honest. Yeah. <laughs> so It's like how much you let out of, how much of it you let out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's also a bit about like, you know, just letting our weirdness and, you know, the freak we are um, out and, and, and yeah. So, so I think that's probably part of what's, what's happening. I think part of it may also be un, unrealistic expectations. I, I think part of it is like super healthy, you know, asking what do I want to do with my life? What's going to make me happy? Like what work can I not do and what would I regret on my deathbed if I didn't do it so so I think these are really healthy questions and explorations and then on the other hand there's sort of like this unhealthy version of it where it's like never enough and we have so many choices but like too many choices can be a prison actually because if you don't know what to choose and you're always chasing after the next best thing that's also not good so kind of like really finding what's sort of like the healthy version of this exploration, what's unhealthy. And I think that, that there is this saying, and I can't ever remember who it's from, but there's, it's, you can't ever, ever have enough of what you don't really need. Of that, yes, yeah, I, yeah. And that sort of jumps yeah. to mind in that context where when, I think when you attach expectations when you mm -hmm. think that business or that job will give you, you know, happiness, you know, then they say, yeah. well, yeah, probably, you know, the, running your own business can give you a lot of things, but it can't guarantee you happiness, you know? And, and what, I, I, what I, yeah. So, so I recently um, read a bit more about this distinction between happiness and fulfillment. And how it's really not about happiness. Mm. You know, like, like happiness is often so short 
a fleeting experience. Um, it's it's almost a bit more like fast food. Not 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 to say that happiness is bad, not at all. And it's not the same as fulfillment or mm. or meaning or, or something that's deeper yeah. and more lasting. So. Yeah. So I you know, like this this advice of kind of like not looking for happiness but looking for fulfillment instead. I I think I think that's actually perhaps a good good way to look at the whole. Yeah, conversation that makes sense. I think there are lots of things things we do that don't necessarily make us happy in the moment but that feel really good having gone through it yeah so so is did you recognize a pattern in in the people you speak to are there like certain I don't know personality types certain professions or who are more likely to search for more meaning and fulfillment well i mean i think there are professions that tend to be less happy and of course law is one of them mm. so you know you can you can you can look at research about how many people are depressed or have have other other challenges they're dealing with in, in, in different professions. So, so I think there's some, some, some part of it is, is specific to the profession, but I think in general, a, a lot of people have a desire for finding out who they really are and what they really want to give to the world. Mm. Did that answer your question? I'm not completely sure if that's. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just sort of an idea. I don't know because I, yeah. I, I kind of, I guess what sparked it was what you said mm -hmm. about how you sort of stumbled, well, stumbled into law and, you know, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but at some point you realized like, mm, you know, that wasn't really the thing. And not long ago, I spoke to somebody who had a similar kind of change and she started off studying like finance. And it yeah. was because it's like it was, it was the thing that was considered, um, you know, like you, you get a high prestige job and a secure yeah. job, and it's that thing that that you know, well-meaning parents and teachers and kind of try and guide you to, you know, it's the secure thing, it's the the well-paid job, it's that you know that's mm -hmm. up for life. And I was just wondering whether there's maybe that pattern that, you know, I, I, I don't know, I can think of a handful of depressed doctors, you yeah. know, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. for the same sort of thing, you know, where there is this expectation that this high prestige job will give you that sense of, you know, fulfillment and happiness. And when it doesn't do that, you know. Right. Um, so, so I often talk about this money or meaning dilemma where, People basically feel they can either get this prestigious, safe, um, so, so socially acceptable, you know, job, or they can be a serving artist, hmm. but love what they do. And, and I think it's more often people who have gotten the external success and then notice, oh, I'm really not happy with what I'm doing. I think it shows up a bit differently for people who 
like what they're doing, but don't have the financial stability they want. I, I actually know one person who, you know, did all the self-exploration following their passion and so on and so forth. And then they decided to go to law school, which I think is actually pretty interesting because typically it's more the other way around, right? You become a lawyer and yeah. then you become an artist. No. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think um, it's often about finding a way to bring both of these together. And what, what does that look like? And I think the thing is, um, in our society, and by society, I mean like basically generally societies around the world. Um, you know, we have a clearly defined path of external success. And it's clear what you need to do to be externally successful, right? You um, get into a place where you have some form of work that's prestigious, where you get a lot of money, where you have influence and so on and so forth. And that's relatively clear to find as a path. And then on the other hand, if you want to go for internal fulfillment, that's also very clearly defined. It's, you know, like maybe you become a monk or, um, mm. or you find something that's very meaningful internally and typically that doesn't come with a lot of money. So if we kind of like want to find something, well, what does true success look like? Where you kind of like both have external success, however that looks like, and internal fulfillment. There's not a path for that in society because it's like very unique to, to who we are. And your path is going to look different than mine. It's going to look different than, you know, another person because we'll all value different things. So, so I think, yeah, that's where it gets tricky. <laughs> But also interesting. But yeah, that's a really, really interesting, interesting way of looking at it. It's so true, isn't it? That there yeah. isn't, there isn't that. Yeah, you can't follow anybody's footsteps because that <laughs> yeah, just like, hasn't, hasn't been done before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of fear about doing things differently, and I think for good reasons because if we kind of look at our human past, we always needed to belong to our group. Because, yeah. yeah, like, if you're by yourself and there are, like, predator animals around and, um, I don't know, you, you you get out of the cave and you get eaten by a lion, not good. And if, if, if the group kicks you out, that was about it and, and you're done for. So, so I think it's sort of like this fear of not belonging is really, really deep. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I guess. I guess the the thing is, this the, 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 there seems to be that that either stability, you know, or fulfillment and excitement. And I must say, I can't really see. I can't really agree with like my I mean, from my experience. I can't really agree with that because. I actually started my own business because I thought, hmm, you know, this job thing that, <laughs> you know, you're always, you're always sort of one restructuring away from being out of a job. And that really started to sort of show up. Like I started my business when I was like 39 or something. And, yeah. and I thought, hmm, you know, and I could see the whole IT industry shifting and and I thought like this was this is going to get difficult, you know. Like now it was yeah, sort of, yeah. like it was yeah. still 
that, okay, like a contract would finish, a project would finish up and like, okay, yeah, there's nothing else right now here. And it would just take, you know, yeah, a couple of phone calls and you'd quickly get another job, you know, but I thought, mm -hmm. well, you know, go beyond 40, go beyond 50. This is going to get right. difficult. Yeah, I think you touched a really good point. So I, I think perhaps it would be better to change it to perceived stability because mm. I think people often think that, oh, if I'm working for somebody, it's safer than working for myself, which I think in some ways is true. And in other ways it isn't because you're basically, you basically have one big client and if one client fires you, yeah. you're, you're in a worse situation than if you have five or 10 clients and one of them doesn't want to work with you anymore. So yeah there's often more diversification that happens when you have a business or maybe different income streams. And at least if more, you, more control over how, you know, when, when also it's like you take all the credit and you take all the responsibility, but at least, you know, you stir the boat. You know, if there's something that you don't like the way it's going, you have the power to, to say, well, okay, that's not going you have to get creative and do something else but if you're in a company and i think in a bigger company it gets worse then there's always somebody else who tells you how to do things and yeah you know and then two departments merge and you're you're out and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean yeah. that you're doesn't even have anything to do with that's nothing to do with you you know and then if, if you happen to then be you know, like, yeah, let's say in an age group where it gets difficult, one thing, well, actually, <laughs> this seems to be a lot more vulnerable to me than, yeah. you know, being my own boss where, you know, I can make the changes that make sense in that moment. So it's yeah. actually often that perceived and or, or the, the perceived certainty when you think about it, we're dealing with uncertainty all the time. Right, like, you know, the only thing that's certain is death in Texas or how they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do, you like it? how do you like it in the state? Yeah, it, it is really interesting. I never expected all the changes that came from being in a bicultural marriage. Mm. neither my husband nor I I think we both kind of thought yeah you know like we'll be married and we'll be the same person and then suddenly I'm noticing oh I'm becoming more American and he's becoming more German and it's it's, it's quite an interesting shift to your identity especially you know since I didn't really have that on my radar I wasn't you know like ever planning on moving here wasn't really I think it would have been different if we had met while I was already living here yes. or, you know, if we had moved to Germany and then we meet, but it is such a shift on such a deep level in terms of identity and like just seeing all, yeah, all, all these conditionings and so on. And it's not like I haven't lived elsewhere. Like, you know, I mean, I was in Canada for a year in high school. I was in Spain for a year. I worked in Vietnam so, I mean, like, I've, I've lived for shorter periods in other countries. So it's not like, like, I was new to being elsewhere. I think I was always pretty culturally aware and I want to say, like, culturally sensitive, kind of like knowing how, how cultures are different and so on and so forth. But it's so different. It's, yeah. it's permanent. It's like I'm, I'm always going to be a bit American because I'm married to an American. 
and there's not even like any choice about it just as there's like not a choice about who you are based on where you were born and i think that's really interesting to to, to see that yeah and yeah it actually opens up some interesting little traps i guess like this this communication that whole mm -hmm. and i think it actually is worse when you actually speak the same language oh interesting because you because you, because you don't expect yeah. it because you sort of think yeah. you sp i think it's actually more tricky than say mm -hmm. speak to somebody like i don't know like just an extreme example somebody from china right and we assume yeah. you don't speak the same language so we are very careful in double checking whether we really talk about the same thing because we yes, kind of, yeah, yes. your culture is like so far away yeah. from mine. And so we expect a lot of misunderstandings, but, but when it's like mm -hmm. sort of a lot closer and when you do speak the same language, I think there's yeah. a lot, there, there's a lot of room for misunderstanding that only comes out like a lot later when it's like, Oh, but you know, did, did you find that? Well, yeah, and I think the thing is also, I think there's this assumption that, oh, the U.S. and Europe are pretty close culturally, and I think they're not at all. Mm -hmm. They really aren't. But, but I guess because so many people in the U.S. are originally from European descent, it seems to be that way. Yeah. But there's a, such a world of difference, and, and I think that's, that's really interesting for me to see. And then also to see how it's shifting my some of the way I see the world because I think you know we're always shaped to some extent by the culture around us either we're in opposition to the culture or we're kind of like assimilating it or it's generally off a mixture of both and yeah I, I think it's fascinating I think it would be good for most people to kind of you know just just experience other cultures on a deep level and because it, it's such a good way to notice one's own blind spots and the blind spots of the culture you're in too yeah, so yeah, of course, yeah. Both it, goes, it goes both ways for sure, but, yeah. but it does it does really unveil assumptions for what they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, I lived in Australia and I had exactly that same thing, sort of like, you know, <laughs> it was like, mm, yeah. I I also actually funny you say that because that that thing that I thought it's culturally pretty similar, but it actually wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So how long have you been in the States then now? Uh, three years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are your plans? Have you got any plans or are you somebody who doesn't plan or where do you see yourself in, I don't know, a year or two or three? Yeah, so I obviously have sort of like a general direction that I want to move into. So right now I'm becoming more and more interested in, I guess we could say, discussions around leadership, mm -hmm. specifically authentic leadership. And so I think I'm going to look more into that as we go forward. I am also just in terms of my own business in the process of shifting more towards, you know, working with less one-on-one -on -one with people and doing more things that's a bit more scalable in terms of like reaching more people and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that's also happening. 
Yeah, and I mean, in general, it's been my expectation that on average, my life has gotten better each year. Yeah. So I'm expecting that to continue. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think that's like one of the things that's really the positive positive about being being dedicated to one's own growth, that typically stuff actually does tend to get better. I mean, you know, in the last year, I, I dealt with a lot of loss and grief. So obviously, that wasn't pleasant at all. And that's not something I would include in the, oh, things are getting better. And I, I think that's something that you can't really influence. It's always something that you can deal with. So if I don't look at, at those external circumstances, it feels like my life is getting better all the time. So I would expect that in like three years from now, I'm going to feel even more confident in my skin. I'm more even more clear about what I'm doing. I'm more engaged in conversations with other people, have more of, of you know, just the network of people that are interested about the same things and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I relate to the life gets better. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And there's always that when, when the age thing comes up and this is like, oh, you know, yeah. you're getting older. And I, I said it when I was like, when I wasn't even 30, you know, I said, well, you know, the, the year that I look back to last year and think, oh God, you know, like last year was better. That's when I start worrying about age, you know, mm -hmm. but that just hasn't happened yet. But there is always that sense that like, oh, actually, you know, but more like you said from that, not that stuff or unpleasant stuff isn't happening around around me but yeah. it's just that that inner sense of peace and confidence and being comfortable and in my own skin like that seems that's still yeah. that keeps getting yeah. better so yeah that's fantastic <laughs> there's, there's this great quote it's not that we change as we get older it's more that we it's more that we become more of who we are or something yeah. like that. oh that's that's beautiful and um and i think that's probably why you know like that you kind of like worry less about what doesn't matter and more about what, what matters. And then I think the other thing is also, I don't really see myself as an age anymore. It's more like sort of like a timeless, do you get what I mean? Like, like, um, like the timeless version of yourself. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm somewhere between like two and 200. <laughs> yeah. Depending on depending on the time of day, or yeah, or you're like I have both like this toddler and this super wise old soul sage in me, and everything in between. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love it. That's wonderful. So, if there's one piece of advice you could give somebody who's mm, kind of sitting there and hating Mondays, yeah. So I think the most important thing I would say is to not ignore that feeling because mm. I think life tends to get worse if we ignore warning signs. Yeah. So I think the worst thing that can happen to people is if they are in a situation that's bad, but not bad enough to take action. Yes. So I think sometimes hitting rock bottom can actually be a good thing if it gets us to make a necessary change. And 
stopping just before we hit that bottom is actually worse than hitting it. Yes, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I actually, actually have a have a video about that um, where I'm talking about how we can see our relationship to work as a relationship. And then, like, what type of relationship partner would your work be? Like, are they abusive? Do you need? That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Can, why don't you send me the link so I can put it in the show notes? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. maybe that's a good fit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, basically, you know, do you need a restraining order if they were a relationship partner? And and so on. So, so it's just a couple of questions that I think are really interesting to to consider. So I think that's really the first step because I think the first step to anything is awareness yeah. and sort of really becoming aware of, well, am I actually happy or rather, you know, I was talking about the whole happy is maybe not the right thing, but am I actually feeling fulfilled here? Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, you just asked for one piece of advice. So I'll stop oh, here. <laughs> well, it could be, well, if you have another one, shoot another one. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you have? No, and I think the other thing, I was just talking to somebody today about this actually, how um, when we start making changes, our environment can sometimes react not so favorably to that, to put it lightly. And it's fine. You like, I mean, it's, it's, it's their right in a way because they came into our lives at a certain time. And just because we feel we want to change, why should they? Um, but it also doesn't mean that you can't change. It just might mean kind of like finding people who are more aligned with where you want to go. Cause, cause I think it's so important to have people who help you find get, or get, get, get kind of like closer to your future self. So I love doing stuff um, with my future self, kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, what would my ideal future self be in that area and what would she advise me to do? So I think that can be such a great way to be pulled forward. Yeah. It's powerful um, because it is always about who you who do you need to be in order to, right. it's, to do yeah. what you want to do. To do this, yeah. 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 And tapping into that. Yeah. It's so I mean, that's actually it's a it's a huge topic for uh -huh. people who want to, you know, start their own business and go out and do their own thing. That sense that partners and family aren't supportive and I think as, as you I agree with you I don't think there's anything wrong with that it's just when people think that they need that support you know I mean I guess it isn't helpful if some if you you know if your husband is actively working against you that's not helpful but but yeah at the same time they also need that time and that space to adapt to, you know, and, and to, and it's often their own fears and their, their own maybe, mm, right. you know, yeah. unfulfilled little, you know, dreams that, you know, stuff that comes up for them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so and it doesn't even say that much yeah. about, about, about you all, you know, like the, the, the person themselves and, and, rather than oh he should support me you know so well okay you know like how can i make them feel that they're still important to me because often it comes yeah, and that as well yeah and i think also not being afraid of relationships changing so i think tony robbins had this advice that i actually kind of liked and he was like love your 
love your family, choose friends. And of course, you know, some friends have been around for so long that they're basically family. And even if you have nothing to talk to them about anymore, you're like, you're still going to stay in relationship with them. But yeah, I mean, it feels sort of like for me with new people that come into my life, I'm not going to really engage with people unless we have some shared understanding or resonance. And with people who've been in my life before, that's a bit different because you kind of like have that history and you have, yeah, some, some joint experiences. And of course with your family, um, I, I think having a good relationship with a family is so helpful yeah. um, on, on so many levels and yeah. So, so kind of finding a way to make that work and often relationships that are really deep in my experience if you change at some point the people will get used to it and it can also free them to some extent and vice versa obviously you know it's not like only we're always the ones that changing and yeah 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 Yeah, that's true but yeah I i love how you said make sure you listen to that feeling you know doesn't mean you have to dump your job tomorrow, but not ignoring it, I think it's the, the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Where can people go and find you? Yeah. So um, my website is workyourlifecoach.com. And I have a blog and you can get my free series, a bunch of, videos and worksheets that can sort of like help you take those first steps when you're stuck in your job. So I think that's my best, that's the best place. And, you know, there are also links to social media and so on, if you want to connect yeah. that way. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll put the link in the show notes. I want to have that easy one. want to make it easy for people to find you because I think you so loads of people this. who need your help. Well, thank you so much for this great conversation. Well, thank you so much for, for coming and yeah. for spending this time with me and um, helping all these people who are feeling stuck in their jobs. I think it's such an important mission to be on. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Passion Business Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one.